Take your seat. Take a seat at the Warriors Roundtable. Left side, it's a three. In and out, rebound. Out to Curry. Let's it fly. Three ball. Left corner pocket. Welcome to the table. On the exclusive home of your Golden State Warriors. 95-7 the game. Curry fires away. Three ball. Here's Kevin Dan right and Gary St. Welcome to Warriors Roundtable on 95.7, the game where we are taking your calls all hour long, 888-957-9570. Again, that number, 888-957-9570. Kevin Dana alongside the Saint himself, Gary St. Jean, going to be talking about uh, the Warriors heading into the All-Star break, the GP2, James Wiseman trade, a look ahead beyond the All-Star break. But uh, Gary, l- let's start with uh, the Warriors' last game, their last couple of games. They head into the All-Star break at a predictable 29 and 29 they've been hovering around 500 all season they haven't been more than four games under 500 they haven't been more than two games above 500 and really for me gary these last two games pretty much summed up the first half of the season you have the spirited effort at home after a slow start to beat the washington wizards and then back end of a back-to-back, you hang around for 32 minutes and change against the L.A. Clippers before their defense really caved in you know, over the last 16 minutes or so. And, and, you know, just for me, and I think for a lot of Warriors fans, it's it's been a pretty frustrating first 58 games and pretty mediocre, if we're being honest. Like, they've scored 6,878 points, Gary, and they've given up 6,873, so... 29 and 29 feels about right. <laughs> well, Kev, that's a heck of a stat. I'll tell you, you can't get it any closer than that. And, uh, you know, I, I know some fans are frustrated. Let's face reality here. Now, you know, I tend to be an optimist. The, re- the realistic appraisal is you don't have Steph Curry out there who was in the running for MVP of the league. And then another guy, until he got hurt with the uh, ankle and uh, some illnesses. Um, in in w- when I look at our team, and I'm saying to myself, y- you're not going to win with arguably your top two players out. Now Clay has really emerged again, but Wiggins, you know, he had a good game is is uh, two games ago, but you know uh, they're going to need him to get to all star level again. They're going to need Steph back. They're going to have to have Clay playing well, and as Draymond had stated, they got to get the defense rolling because. You said they, they tightened it up against Washington, and, you know, Porzingis played well, and Kuzma and Beal, but uh, that's a team you shouldn't lose to at home. And it's a tough back-to-back because, Kev, you study this. Uh, you're on top of it. I, I think the Clippers are kind of like a dark horse in the West. They're starting I to agree. play. They're really playing well, and the guy uh, that's driving the bus, Kawhi Leonard, is quietly really getting his game back in gear. So they made some very, very good moves at the deadline. So to lose to them, I, I'm not surprised. But, you know, the reality is, uh, you know, 30-odd games left, and you're saying to yourself, what's this going to take? Here's the, here's the good news on this thing. If you can play a little better than 500, if you can play by five games better than 500, my gosh, we've got a log jam. I mean, you can fall... From five to thirteen in a New York second, it's just amazing. I, I don't know that we've ever had such a tight race. The parity is amazing, 
But I, I'm not losing optimism. I'm, I'm really not. Because if Steph can come back, I don't know, Kev, maybe a week let's, after the break, um, you know, they can get this done. And, and I, I'll tell you this, and I think you agree with me, if I'm one of those teams that's in the play-in, uh, and let's say they get one of those st- spots, I wouldn't want to play them. If they get up to six and they're playing three, I wouldn't want to play them, even though you got home court. So the, the your past history earns respect. And uh, I don't know that anybody wants to play the Warriors if they're starting to click. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, the, the, the Warriors on the bad side, look, they are... Two and a half games ahead of 13th place, the L.A. Lakers right now. On the other side, I don't think uh, anyone would be shocked if they won the title. And they're three and a half games out of third. So it it really is kind of of two sides of the coin here. And it could really kind of land on either side right now for Golden State. I will say this, though. They are running out of runway. Like, there's only 24 regular season yeah. games left, and any push that could be made this year needs to pretty much start right away, and it needs to start without Steph, because we don't know how much more time he's going to miss. He did say in his recent press conference he's not going to play against the Lakers on February 23rd, so we can rule him out for at least one more, and we'll see beyond that, but... The, the, the wins that need to start racking up to, to get out of the play-in, it needs to happen as soon as the All-Star break ends. Well, you're right on. I mean, that that's the story right there. And it's going to start with, uh, you know, Draymond's uh, on this mantra about the defense, the focus. And you got a lot of new guys. And sometimes it takes guys getting used to each other, trust each other, to believe you're going to rotate for each other. Uh, you know, there's been the dilemma with rebounding. There's been the dilemma with fouls. There's been the dilemma getting uh, beaten with dribble penetration to the basket where you're creating rotations and passes come out for easy finishes. So I, I'm a big believer in that. And and uh, they can do it. We've seen it at times. And that's what gets everybody so gosh darn frustrated that they've seen it, but they're not doing it on a steady diet. Well, in order to do it, uh, you know, Clay's really gotten back to a really nice level on the defense of it. And if Wiggins can come back, n- now you got two wing guys out front. Now, I've shared with you, and I, I see some positivity with Poole. But, Kev, I'm telling you, the NBA is about matchups. And the further you go along in the season and into the playoffs, they're going to pick out the wounded animal. And yeah. they're going to attack him. And until that a guy can can do something to uh, stop it, they're going to keep coming after you. And uh, that's that's just the way it is in the NBA. And, you know, the bigs, you know, Looney's been playing. Jeez, he's been terrific. And uh, you're going to need a vintage uh, Draymond. And and then, it, you know what? The two guys that you and I talked about last week, DiVincenzo just keeps playing terrific basketball. Wow, he's doing a great job. And I'm a little bit more optimistic about uh, uh, Jermichael Green. I I think he's starting to play better. And uh, and with that said, that uh, that defines your bench a little bit. And I know we're going to be talking about the trade, but, uh, you know, you you look at it and you say to yourself, we need need an even better Kaminga. I I, I really believe that. I, I applaud him for his efforts. On the defensive end, I love the way he's pressuring the ball, whether it's a big or small. And Moody's getting a little bit of a run, and I think he's done pretty well. So uh, 
We need a lot of guys to step up. This is going to be a collective effort. The Warriors 2022-23 season is presented by Kaiser Permanente. And yeah, Mo- Moses Moody had some nice positive moments against the Washington Wizards, even though he yeah. didn't score in that game, made some things happen on the defensive end, moved the basketball on the offensive end. Well, Gary has kind of mentioned Draymond's comments about the defense, and Cam Williams in the studio has this clip for us. It, it, it came after the Clippers game, and then, Gary, I want to get your thoughts on Draymond's comments, because Draymond, after the 134-124 loss to the Clippers on Tuesday, he said defense is all will and effort, and right now they don't have that as a team. You know, defense is all one to two steps extra. I'm going to take that extra step to get there or I'm not. And that's all I will. And we don't have that as a team. You can have it as individuals. I can have that myself. No one can have that. But if you don't collectively have that, it's just like if you put a team together and it's like one guy can really get after it. Nobody else brings anything on that side of the ball. They don't even bring effort. You could put Steph Curry or Kevin Durant or anybody else out there on offense. If no one else is going to want to do the extra things, then it doesn't work. And so you have to do it collectively. And that is a huge responsibility that falls on my shoulders, and I haven't gotten us there. Well, you know what, Draymond? Praise to you. Uh, You told it like it is. And sometimes the truth hurts. And uh, he's taken it uh, on his shoulders. But as he said, it, it's going to take everybody. And, uh, you know, this, this the league is different right now. We're not going to get uh, 99 to 95 games. Maybe you play Miami and you might get something like yeah. that. But, you know, it, that, that's, our game is looking like the NFL. Uh, you're not allowed to really put the much physical pressure on the opponents. Uh, and it's going to take smart defense, hardworking defense, and team defense to get this to work. And you just can't rely on the jump shots. Uh, a few games back, I think they took 53. And, uh, you know, it just, you, you've got to take the ball into the paint. And they've got some guys that can do it. And if they do it, uh, then good things are going to happen. And, and that's why they were so successful against the Washington Wizards. They, there you they go. They went inside. And we're really able to, to make some things happen and go inside out, get some good looks at three. So let's take a look at our upcoming broadcast presented by Ticketmaster. Out of the All-Star break, the Warriors are in Los Angeles to take on the Lakers, 6.30 on the air, 7 p.m. tip time with Tim Roy and Jim Barnett on the call. Then it's the back end of a back-to-back against the Houston Rockets on Friday, February 24th, 6.30 on the air, 7 p.m. tip time. That is Filipino Heritage Night presented by NBC Sports. And then two days later, Sunday, the 26th against the Minnesota Timberwolves, 4 p.m. airtime, 4.30 tip time, presented by JCI. Tuesday, the Portland Trailblazers are in town on February 28th, 6.30 airtime, 7 p.m. tip time. That is presented by Ross. And then the homestand continues with the L.A. Clippers Thursday, March 2nd, 6.30 airtime, 7 p.m. tip time. Tim Roy and Tom Tolbert. That is Women's Empowerment Month night presented by Rakuten. We'll take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk about a a positive that came out of the Clippers game. Then we'll get into that GP2, James Wiseman trade saga and everything that kind of went around uh, behind the scenes and eventually it getting passed. You have that to look forward to on the other side of this break right here on 95.7 The Game. Each and every member of Dub Nation has a seat at this table. Everybody would please take your seats. The Warriors Roundtable has returned on 95.7 The Game. Bro, knocked it down straight on for about 28 feet. Now back to 
Kevin Dana and Gary St. Jean. Back here on Warriors Roundtable 95.7 The Game. Feel free to call the show from now till 7 p.m. Hit us up, 888-957-9570. Again, that number, 888-957-9570. The Santa Cruz Warriors are coming to Chase Center. Join us live on Saturday, March 4th, to watch the C-Dubs take on the Cleveland Charge. The first 10,000 fans will receive a Captain Clay bobblehead. Tickets are on sale now at warriors.com. And if you want to say hi to myself, Drew Schiller, Zena Cato, our Santa Cruz Warriors broadcast team, feel free to stop by the broadcast booth and say what's up. Well, Let's continue on with the loss to the Clippers, the, the last game before the All-Star break. Won't see the Dubs in action again until a week from today when they take on the Lakers back at the Crypt, Crypto.com Arena. And there was a huge positive from that game. And for the first time since April 2019, Gary, Clay Thompson played in both ends of the back-to-back. And boy, was that great to see. Well, it sure was. And, and you know, he's a very proud guy. And uh, there were a lot of people, you know, saying, wow, what's what's going to happen? Is he going to get back? And he's not doing this and he's not doing that. He shut off all the tech stuff and uh, just believed in himself. And through hard work and a positive attitude and the work of the, the Rick Celebrini and his crew, uh, they planned this out because you finished up and then you got the all-star break to rest. You're coming back with a back-to-back that I, I think is very manageable. Uh, you know, you, you can you can beat the Lakers and down there that they're better than they were, uh, a lot better. And then you got Houston here. So there's going to be a few more and you're going to need all hands on deck, especially uh, with the fact we don't know how long that Steph is going to be out. So uh, uh, just... Just praise for for Clay and uh, my gosh, I mean we've seen him dunk within the past week. We've seen him knock down like what was it twelve threes and yep. you know he's just he's just really playing terrific basketball and you know he's the, he's the main scorer now and you you need him to keep playing at this level. He had as good a month or better than he's ever had and his numbers are just terrific and. I don't know of anybody in the NBA that isn't happy for Clay Thompson. Yeah, it was a career high twenty-seven points per game in the month of January. Best month he has wow. had as a pro. Absolutely incredible, as Draymond Green might say. And, and you know, the back end of that back-to-back, Clay Thompson said at first, kind of he felt his his legs were kind of getting to him. First time, you know, experiencing that back-to-back since he had those two major injuries to to his uh, ACL and his Achilles. But he overcame the slow start. And finished 7 of 14, 4 of 7 from downtown. So an efficient night, 18 points. Uh, missed his only free throw attempt, but uh, you certainly looked pretty solid as the game went on. And Gary, how big of a boost can this be? Can this milestone be for Golden State? You mentioned it. They have three sets of back to backs left, including one straight out the gate out of the All Star break. To to know that, look, you're going to have Clay Thompson available for these back to backs. Well, just look at the look on his face. He's a determined guy. Now, he's not loud and boisterous. He lets his play do the talking. And I think that's why everybody in the NBA respects him. He's there. He's ready to give it to you every night on both ends. And, you know, back in his, uh, his peak years before the injuries, he's what we know uh, as a two-way player. Now, 
the two-way player that's younger and, and doing a heck of a job is Wiggins. And you've got to have a couple of those. And uh, he... He just looks like he's ready to continue this uh, this high level of play. And uh, he just needs a couple of his pals to join him. And the finish can become very good. And one of those pals that you were mentioning earlier, Gary, Andrew Wiggins, that was kind of the, the unfortunate thing uh, about the, the game against the Clippers that Andrew Wiggins was not available due to personal reasons. But the game before, he had just had his best game yeah. post-adductor injury against the Washington Wizards. He was really good. He had 29 points, and he could not be stopped on the low block. And, and I think it's Steve Kerr's kind of mentioned something post-game that something that Golden State could use a little bit more and you you, you kind of read some things uh, around saying oh, Wiggins isn't having the season he had last year and yeah, uh, that's true kind of statistically, he isn't the playoff Wiggs that he was but that's a lot in large part due to the adductor injury is this the first time he has missed that many games in a row when he missed 15 straight and he was coming off of his best performance of the season, dropping 36 I think against the Houston Rockets and then he had to go out and miss basically a month of action and now you see the last couple of games he's starting to round into form and you know that that old Wiggins that the the, the Warriors fans came to really know and love especially in the postseason I don't think he's that far off from being that guy again well I totally agree with you and uh that adductor that groin area when you strain that boy it takes a, you got to be careful with that because it can really get worse uh you could have a tear uh so you got to be careful with that and they they were and before uh, you noted it kev before that he had been playing terrific i mean kind of like uh, playoff wigs yeah and when we look at that i i look at the defense and the challenges that he takes and then you know we don't see a lot of like back in my day, there were a lot of play calls. There's not as many, but there's an early offense set that puts him on the right box, and it's kind of a triangle. There's a small on the left box, could be Steph, could be Poole, and there's a big up on the top. And this was from Greg Popovich, and it's okay. Steve Kirk kind of borrowed this from his old coach, and uh, it's what we call a pick-the-picker or screen-the-screener. So you screen across from the balls on the left uh, free throw line extended and you screen across for Wiggins on the right box. And you screen, you screen with a small so they can't switch. And if they do switch, he's going to kill him down there when he gets the ball on the left box. In the meantime, the guy who set the screen gets a screen from the big who's at the top of the key. So that's why they call it pick the picker or screen the screener. Now, when he gets on the left box, Kev, He's good down there. He, he might be as, as good a post-up player as, as there is on the roster. And especially right-handers like the left box because they can turn to their left shoulder and get middle. And when they get middle, they've got a little turnaround jump shot right hand or a jump hook. And if you take away that, then you drop down with your right leg and you... Uh, get a drop step down there and power to the rim. So he's very, very comfortable, and it's a nice way to get a guy going early in the game. If you want to kind of invigorate him, you make that call. And uh, I don't see a lot of teams double-teaming him because they're not going to leave Poole, Steph, or uh, 
Clay, so he can go down there and take his time. You know, he he looks left shoulders. Anybody double teaming or digging back, you know, I can dribble or crab dribble. They call it where you step step dribble, step dribble, and you get in there. And uh, I, I that's my favorite play for him. And uh, I, I envision that being big for the team as we go on. Yeah, it'd be nice to see him continue to be able to punish defenders on on that left block because, as you mentioned, Gary, he turns left shoulder on a smaller defender, a defender his size. It is curtains for the other team. Now, let's get into the big trade that happened last week. Young Glove back in the Bay Area. He is back with the Warriors. Gary Payton the second traded from Portland. Here's the trade. It was a four-team deal. Golden State gets GP2. Detroit gets James Wiseman. We'll talk about Wiseman in a little bit. Atlanta gets Sadiq Bay. And Portland gets the five second-round draft picks from Golden State and Kevin Knox. And uh, it, if Warriors fans were rejoicing when uh, the news broke that GP2 was coming back, and then it didn't become official until Sunday night because Gary Payton II failed the physical, revealed that his core injury is still in bad shape. He's going to be reevaluated in a month. So middle of March, we'll get more info on when GP2 can really come back. So it, it was kind of like a, a good news, bad news thing. Good news, you get GP2 back. Bad news, we don't know when he's going to be back. And for a team that needs kind of an influx of defense as soon as possible. You heard Draymond in the first segment just talk about uh, how defense is all will and effort. Well, that's something you never have to question with Young Glove out there defensively. He's always going to give it his all. He's going to immediately be the best point of attack defender that Golden State has once he is fully healthy. It, it, it was just, uh, you, you don't see too many trades like this that, that kind of have this snag, but it, it's one that unfortunately uh, kind of happened that involved Golden State last week, but they do have their guy in GP2 now. Well, it's unfortunate because you got the you got to remember these players are, are human beings and you're, you know, you're changing their lives. Now, they, they live a beautiful life, but there's some strain and stress involved in this. And, uh, you know, you're kind of in a holding pattern. And uh, you and I talked about the process. There was, I don't know what you said, it was 60-something deals or, or transacts or something that took place a week ago and every one of those contracts has to be uh, on, a, on a conference call with both teams could be a three-way and you have to go through paragraph through paragraph with the league lawyers so that everyone's up to snuff on that then you have a 48-hour period to have a physical now you got to divulge your medical records that you have on the player to the team they're going through. And this is where it got kind of, I don't know, questionable with Portland. Because, um, you know, the, the question, and this surgery, the abdominal surgery, uh, my son Greg had it when he was playing in college. And, and there's a guy named uh, Doc Myers in Philadelphia that's the renowned uh, sports hernia uh, physician in the country. I don't know if he had this done up in Portland, but they put like usually a mesh in there because there's a tear. And uh, it, it can get kind of iffy in terms of healing. And so, you know, he's trying, we know what a competitor he is. He wants to come back. And uh, now there's a question whether he was taking a, a pain uh 
pills and or what injections or whatever and so everything wasn't clear or maybe clearly disclosed uh, via paperwork or the verbal message and with that said you got frustration on the warriors part uh, on the other side of the coin you got Weissman and um, you know this is the right way to handle this uh, in terms I remember Joe Laka maybe a month ago saying hey you know we've got a clock running here I, I've never heard anybody not say positive but things about uh, James Weissman as, as a young man his work ethic his, uh, his love of the game and then we heard whether it was Steve Kerr, whether it was uh, the players uh, talking really highly, him and, and Steph was saying, you know, maybe a change of scenery is going to help him. Well, last night I think he plays what twenty three minutes and yep. gets twelve points and four or five boards, and uh, you know, it's just you got to get going here. You don't have time, and and you weren't going to spoon feed him minutes, and you were dealing with an injury, so. Sure, you, you wish that he came along a lot quicker. You wish the guy luck, but we've got to move forward. The train's leaving. So let's hope that the GP2 can get healthy. Because, Kev, you made this point. When you could put him out there with Wiggins, Draymond, and Clay, now you have what I call four very above-average defenders. You have four good to excellent defenders. And at times you're going to need that. So, uh, and plus he's loved in the locker room. Holy moly. This guy, you know, he came to work every single day and earned the respect of his teammates and coaches. So uh, let's hope he gets uh, healthy and he can give you a big shot in the arm. Yeah. I, I, w- one point on Wiseman, then then I want to kind of get back to kind of the uneasiness around the trade uh, with, with kind of the, the injury and the Toradol, the pills yeah. taken yeah. And, and stuff. But with respect to Wiseman, obviously it didn't work for James in San Francisco. But to me, I still think he showed enough. A, why he was considered a surefire, surefire top three pick in the 2020 NBA draft. And B, that he could still have a very solid career. You mentioned it's kind of his timeline. It's not the same timeline that Golden State is operating on. And, I mean, I really liked him as a guy. He's very personable. I mean, I, I remember one game after his rookie, during his rookie year, after one game. This had to be like an hour and a half after the game ended. I saw him chatting with a security guard like like they were good pals. This This had to be like... 11, 1130. He was just, you know, chopping it up with his security guard after the game, his rookie year. I mean, he's a hard worker, took the coaching well. And I think everyone knows why he was traded and understands it from the basketball and not to mention the financial aspect and, and the millions that they're going to save in luxury tax because Gary Payton II is on a cheaper contract and you know, James Wiseman was set to make $12 million next year and then you add all the luxury tax implications and it becomes a lot more than $12 million that it would cost Golden State. But, but Gary... I- I, I will miss him because uh, I, I do think he is going to have a solid career in the NBA. And you mentioned it last night, 11 points, five rebounds, did some really good stuff for the Pistons in, in their loss to the Boston Celtics. Yeah, you, you're spot on. And, you know, your, your point uh, just a, f- a minute ago about the financial ramifications, you got to take that into account. And uh, like we said, I mean, they weren't going to wait three or four years for him to you know, start to play at a high level. It's time. And uh, maybe you do have that time in Detroit 
or uh, or Charlotte or Houston, but not here. And uh, I I loved your story. I just love that. Uh, you know, one of one of my favorite things is when I come back to Chase, and I, I went up to Sacramento this past weekend to see uh, Dallas play twice up there. And you know, you see all the the security people, you see all the ushers, and you know they're just great fans and they they big smiles on their face and you know i i'm really happy to hear a story like that that uh, that he connected with those people that shows me some maturity yeah no he he really yeah really was a, a personable guy and uh, i just remember him in, in press conferences a lot of yes sirs and yes ma'ams and uh, it, it, it was a pleasure kind of listening to his press conferences his his rookie season and the thought he put behind kind of every answer he, he gave to the media so best of luck to, to james in detroit and i hope for his sake that the Detroit Pistons don't land the number one pick in the lottery because that means then he'd be in a front court with Victor Wembanyama, oh. Jalen Dern, Beef Stew, Isaiah Stewart, and that just uh, immediately becomes a very crowded front court. But <laughs> it, he, he don't just, forget Bagley. Oh yeah, and Bagley, of course, Marvin Bagley, a, a, another former number two overall pick. Uh, that that being in the. Tw- 2018 NBA draft, so uh, that, that'd be a. You're, you're absolutely right, Gary. That'd be a very crowded front court. And, and here's one other thing. I, I just read this in a James Edwards article on the Athletic about Wiseman, Jalen Duran, who is a rookie this year, has played more NBA minutes than Wiseman, who's in his third year. Wow. And so that just shows you he needs the reps. He played like his 61st career NBA game last night. He just needs time. And hopefully uh, Detroit will be able to to give that to him. Now, now back to the trade itself and with the, the oh, did, did Portland kind of re- release all the information to Golden State before time or not? As a GM... Had you ever had any previous experiences where you felt like a team was being underhanded with you? Well, yeah, I'll, I'll give it to you the other way. Remember okay. Sidney Moncrief? Oh, yeah. Okay, so we're in Milwaukee, and he had the rumors coming out of Arkansas uh, playing for Eddie Sutton that uh, he had bad knees, and uh, you, you talk about the, the physicals that the players take. And that he was only going to last three years. So uh, sometimes, you know, you got to stir it up a little bit. So Nelly called up Dick Vitale, who was coaching there, and told him, geez, you know, you're, you're trying to build that thing. And uh, boy, do you want to take that gamble? And uh, he basically put a thought in uh, Vitale's head that they ought to pass on Moncrief. And um, they took Kessler the guy who played at Michigan, who's a TV analyst now. And we wound up getting Sidney Moncrief, who was in, goes on to a Hall of Fame career. So you got to be careful who you're talking with on the phone. There's a lot <laughs> of double dribbling that takes place. Now, you got a young uh, rookie GM up there in uh, Portland. And maybe, you know, he wasn't used to uh, what takes place at the trade deadline. Uh, I I'm gonna give you a hunch. I I think they're gonna lose a couple second round picks or something. Really? Uh, I I I think they will because uh, you got to lay your cards down on the table uh, and be very clean about it. You can't you can't get into any double dribbling. And if you do that, uh, that's why the league lawyers are there. So uh, you know you got to play by the rules. 
Yeah, you do. And for anybody wondering, maybe some of our younger listeners, Sidney Moncrief ended up playing not three years in the NBA, but 11 years and was a five-time All-Star. So uh, pretty uh, <laughs> pretty slick play there by, by uh, Mr. <laughs> Nelson. <laughs> exactly. And you know what? Sidney, uh, the Defensive Player of the Year Award, you know, Draymond or whoever, you know, got the first uh, two of those, and, and when they uh, put the league, put that in, in instituted it in the league, Sidney Moncrief. <laughs> there, there you go. I mean, as a guy who averaged more than a steal per game yep. for his career, mostly with the Bucks, did play one year yep. at the very end of his career with the Atlanta Hawks. But it, it was a crazy trade deadline, and now that cool. we can fully talk about it, I mean. 28 teams out of the 30, Gary, made a move. Just the Bulls and the Cavs did not make a move. I mean, uh, just uh, absolutely uh, just a ton of moves. And it, it even started, you know, before the trade deadline. You go back to the Rui Hachimura move and a, a couple of weeks back. And, and I was reading something from John Hollinger of The Athletic, and he was mentioning that you know, just because there's a trade deadline, doesn't mean you have to wait until the trade deadline to make all these trades, but it certainly made for a flurry of activity on Wednesday and Thursday last week. I guess NBA GMs need a deadline to make them get to work or get it going. <laughs> and uh, John Hollinger's really uh, on top of what's going on in the league. And uh, as we said, you know, there was a deadline. I think it was 12 o'clock our time, 3 in the East. And yeah. you just get in line like you're in a traffic jam. You call it in saying, we got a deal. They said, okay, you're number seven. We're going to get to you and sit tight. And uh, that's just the way it is. And, you know, I, I had a good chat with uh, the Dallas people, uh, Michael Finley and Nico uh, Mannion. And, uh, you know, they were we were talking about the, the trade, that the big trade they had and uh, with Kyrie. And uh, the same thing, you know, they're just... You're in line waiting to get it done, and, and, you know, you're talking about other deals and that kind of thing. And, you know, and in, back in my day, you had what we called one um, active line that had to be, you call the AT&T in, and it's into the league office. He was telling me now they make you have four dedicated lines because they're afraid that people are getting so many deals going on that they've got to have that many lines free <laughs> to keep everything going. Jeez. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, it, it was a crazy, crazy day. Let's celebrate Filipino Heritage Night on Warriors Ground. Join us live at Chase Center on February 24th as your dubs take on the Houston Rockets, presented by NBC Sports. Houston Rockets guard Jalen Green of Filipino descent. So an apropos team to have Filipino Heritage Night against. Get your tickets now at warriors.com or call 888-GSW-HOOP. Representatives standing by. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll take a look ahead a little bit to All-Star Weekend, which will be mostly dub-free. And then we'll take a look ahead post-All-Star break, see what the Warriors have on tap right here on 95.7 The Game. If you've just joined us, don't worry. We saved your seat. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Warriors Roundtable on 95.7 The Game. Curry behind the back. Wait, stops it, pops on the way. Ridiculous three on the white sideline. Now, here's Kevin Dana and Gary St. Jean. 
Calling all pet lovers. The very important pet sweepstakes presented by PetSmart is back. Enter for your chance to win Warriors tickets versus the Suns on March 28th and PetSmart gift cards. One lucky VIP will receive a private tour of Chase Center and an on-court photo shoot for their dog. Enter now at warriors.com slash PetSmart. Well, thanks for Keeping it locked here on 95.7 The Game for Warriors Roundtable, folks. You can call the show for the next few minutes, 888-957-9570. Up after us from 7 to 10 p.m. will be Dan Defone and Charlie Walter. Dan and Chuck got you covered for the next three hours. we got just a five to six minutes left here on this show, and it is all-star weekend for the Golden State Warriors now as uh, there's still a couple games going on uh, tonight around the NBA. Three games in all, but for most of the league, they are on their all-star break, and uh, the Golden State Warriors will not have anyone participating in any of the festivities on the NBA side with uh, Stephen Curry's injury. Guy Santos of the Santa Cruz Warriors will be playing the G League Next Up game. He's had a pretty solid season with the C-Dubs, and he's shown plenty to believe in. I think he can certainly be an NBA rotation player by the time he's 24, if not sooner. He's a 20-year-old kid out of Brazil, and uh, the Brazilian fans really kind of lifting him to that vote, and he's also played very solidly for the Santa Cruz Warriors this year but on the NBA side I think this is a, a, a good thing for Golden State that they won't really have any representation on the NBA side at, at All-Star Weekend as far as players are concerned because this team to me Gary needs to hit the reset button and kind of get away from things for a few days and then attack the final 24 games of the regular season. Well you're spot and you know uh, it's a great honor to be selected to uh, any of the activities at All-Star Weekend. But to be blunt and honest, uh, a lot of people say, gosh, I, I got to get on another plane, another trip, uh, and you got to do a lot of stuff for the NBA when you go to these. So it's tiring. And uh, when the heck is the last time that we can remember that the Warriors haven't had anybody participating yeah. uh, in something, a uh, three-point shot or dunk or whatever, and I can remember uh, you and I sitting there when they had that four-team summer league thing, and we were doing uh, the games uh, on TV, and I like that Santos kid, so good for him. Um, and, and you know what, Kev? It, it's a time for everybody to uh, press the restart button, both mentally and physically. Really get away from it. Get some rest. If you need to work out or get treatment, you do that, but... Uh, it's a good break for everybody, and uh, coaches like it. They can get away uh, with their families. Maybe they're going nowhere just to be home and uh, not hopping on a plane. And, uh, you know, GMs, uh, that's a different story. Um, uh, you, you might get some GMs if you're in Charlotte or uh, Houston or one of the teams that are down, down on the bottom. Uh, GM may say, hey, this is an opportunity maybe for me to fly over to France and see your guy over there play and watch yes, practice sir. for a few days. So that uh, there may be a few guys doing that, but uh, it's it's another opportunity. And in, in years past, there's been competition meetings, and you have one representative from each team uh, that meets with the meeting uh, with the NBA people, and they're discussing what's going on in terms of uh, points of emphasis and what's not being done well, and all that kind of what's going well. And so they also have some meetings there. So 
you know, it depends upon who you are and where you are and where you are in the standings, too. Yeah, hey, if you want to watch Victor Wembanyama, you can catch him on the NBA app tomorrow in the Leaders' Cup quarterfinals against Asheville. I'll have the call with former Golden State Warrior, love Roni Turioff will be joining me. So uh, huh. it'd be great to talk with Roni and watch some Wemby. So let's end on this. Uh, we have a couple minutes left here before we hand it over to Dan Devone and Charlie Walter. Golden State really hits the ground running out of the All-Star break. They have a back-to-back with the Lakers in Houston, and it starts a six-game and nine-day stretch. And we know that for sure Steph's not going to play in the Lakers game at the very least, and we don't know much more beyond that. But what does Golden State need to do to make a push in his absence? Because as we were mentioning earlier, they can't really wait for him to get back to, to stack W's at this point. Well, we, we sound repetitive, but it's going to take what Draymond's talking about you're going to have to outwork teams. You're going to have to out-rebound teams. You're going to have to get more deflections. You're going to have to contain people off the bounce. You've got to be verbal. You've got to communicate with your teammates so that we switch and we uh, communicate it or we rotate and communicate it. And then get in the open floor and attack the rim. Now, you're going to get Anthony Davis down there who's a quality player. Uh, but, uh, you know, you can get to the rim against them because he's not always engaged. And uh, you can get that game. Come out of the box and go down there and grab that game. And then come back home and, you know, feed, uh, Houston's one of those teams that's way down in the standings. they got a lot of young kids. They're, they're very inconsistent. Uh, but it's going to take those things I talked about. And, Kev, listen, uh, sharing the ball really hasn't been a problem. They've had games, what, a couple games ago? They had 40 assists. Uh, so the 30 mark, they're the best in the league at that. And, you know, one of my biggest uh, observation points with the team is their assist-turnover ratio. And the Warriors actually do a good job with that. Sometimes they get turnover prone, but they do share the ball. And, uh, you know, with that said, just come out and, and feel positive. You're rejuvenated. Get going here. And... Uh, Get momentum. I call it Mr. Mo. Get Mr. Mo on your side. Get momentum there with you and uh, get this thing going. It can get done. Yeah, get Uncle Mo going. <laughs> I see we do have a caller, Shelp Rock in San Jose. Unfortunately, Shelp Rock, uh, if we can have you hang on. Call uh, next for, week. For for uh, either next week or you can talk with uh, Chuck and Dan in a little bit. I apologize, but our time has run out. Big thank you to Cam Williams for running the show. For Gary St. Jean, I'm Kevin Dana. We say so long from Warriors Roundtable. This week we'll be back with you next week talking everything Golden State as they get ready to take on the L.A. Lakers out of the All-Star break. But for now, keep it locked on 95.7 with Dan Devone and Charlie Walters. Uh, Charlie Walter, excuse me, we'll be back next week. Have a good evening, everyone. You've been listening to the Warriors Roundtable. Curry brings it through, one hand free, up and go! The exclusive home of your Golden State Warriors. That playful and nailed it! 95-7, the game. For tickets, call 888-GSW-HOOP.